0: Despite the challenges of the pandemic, the Detroit Public Schools Community District has been making waves with its post-pandemic recovery efforts. And get this, they're outperforming national trends in reading and math. That's according to the Educational Recovery Scorecard, a collaborative study from Stanford University and Harvard University. Joining us to talk about this great news and what it means for the students and educators is Dr. Nikolai Viti. He's superintendent of the Detroit Public Schools Community District. Dr. Viti, welcome back to JR Morning. Well, thank you. Great to be here
1: and uh, obviously great to talk about this.
0: Now, you know, with so many other districts in Michigan and across the country still lagging behind in pre pandemic learning, what do you attribute uh,
1: this district's greatness to? Uh, none of this is by chance. Um, this is uh, intentionality, uh, focus, and strategy. You know, before the pandemic, We're seeing improvement in student achievement. Uh, We're implementing what research says we should have been, you know, very aggressive on the reform, very um, strategic with the curriculum we're using, the professional development, staff changes. I mean, we've made almost 80% changes of our principals. We've uh, been nearly fully staffed with teachers. Um, And uh, we pivoted from the pandemic, I think, faster than most large urban school districts and even suburban districts. So we were already doing the right thing. And i think we pivoted with intentionality after the pandemic and i was very clear that uh, the pandemic impact was real Uh, it exacerbated some of the uh, consequences of concentrated poverty but i said we can't make excuses we have to show improvement our kids need that more than ever Uh, and uh, our principals our teachers our support staff responded and the data speaks to the reform but the intentionality and the willingness to overcome the net, the net, the real issues of the pandemic, unlike other districts throughout the country. So I'm, I'm extremely proud. You know, I, I often use the analogy of the Lions uh, with uh, with our team. And I said uh, we are an improved team. Uh, we made the playoffs. Now it's time to, you know, go on to the Super Bowl and win. And our, my goal and our goal is to be the best largest urban school district in the country. And this data, you know, independent national studies shows that we are the one of the highest improved large urban school districts in the country and now come, you know, getting in a better situation with uh, suburban districts. And and that's what our kids deserve. You know, I've I've said on and on and on. We don't have a talent problem in Detroit. We have an opportunity um, problem. And and the school system uh, was once a fault uh, and part of the problem. Uh, now it's becoming part of the solution.
2: The statewide average is only a 7% improvement in math and only 1% in reading between 22 and 23. And I I think what Harvard and Stanford are raising the red flag about is a lot of the COVID dollars that were coming and flowing to districts to overcome learning loss, Will they end next fall. What are you doing to leverage those assets and resources now to kind of take it to the next level, new gear?
1: Yeah, well, with with the federal dollars, uh, the conversation that I had uh, with the board was uh, we had to be disciplined. Um, let's use this as one time money. Let's not add to reoccurring spending, and let's use the money to address very specific COVID related issues, like the need to have more masks, you know, social distance, hiring more teachers, lower class size, to build a eventual bench for retirements, you know, uh, buying more technology for online learning, moving curriculum to online learning, doing more. Um, small group one-on-one reading intervention. Um, COVID testing allowed us to come back and have assurance that people were safe. And then half of that federal money is being put into buildings, um, 700 million, um, which only puts about a half of a den in a $1.5 billion problem. But bottom line is we used the money to come back safely um, at the height of the pandemic. And then we used it to address learning loss. And then we used it for one-time um, expenses. This year's budget... The 23-24 budget is already built off of not relying on COVID money. Um, And we were recognized by the U.S. Department of Education as being one of the smartest districts in how we use COVID money. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of stories, unfortunately, locally in Michigan and nationally, where districts use one-time money for reoccurring expenses. Mm -hmm. They're going to hit a cliff. And they didn't really act, didn't even deal with the gap that existed, that exists throughout Michigan and nation with the drop in enrollment. Um, so basically, they use COVID money to fill the gap in revenue because of loss of enrollment at expenses like increasing teacher salaries and other things. And now they're going to hit a cliff. So you're going to see a lot of districts in trouble, probably closing schools, laying off teachers or asking the federal government and the state uh, to bail them out. We're not in that position as a district. Wow
0: you mentioned pivoting quicker than other districts do you attribute it, that to using that money correctly and getting back on track or what why did you pivot quicker
1: yeah a combination things I, I definitely think it was using the money um, to meet what what our what our staff and our families wanted to see as far as investments covid related so for example you know we can have debates about masking not masking cl- close contact quarantining and I probably would say I wasn't completely in favor of all of that but that's what our families wanted to see in order to have the insurance assurance to come back and so staff so we used COVID money to social distance that meant hiring more teachers but we hired more teachers knowing that we were gonna have teachers retire so we built a bench we didn't add to the reoccurring revenue uh, and then we COVID tested for almost a year and a half and that was very expensive but COVID dollars allowed us to do that so we used COVID money in a one-time way to deal with one-time pandemic-related issues, which brought um, kids back to school, which was desperately needed. Um, and then from there, uh, it was pivoting to say pandemic is real. Obviously, it disproportionately impacted Detroiters, um, but we have to get back to reform. We've got to get kids back in school, and we have to um, accelerate our intentionality around teaching and learning because of the learning loss that we saw. But... You know, we did things in the pandemic but other districts didn't. For example, we taught the whole day and and, and we made it a requirement that teachers had to teach the regular schedule but online. A lot of districts just went to assigning students um, assignments Mm -hmm. and then they would turn it in without the screen time to teach the material. We knew that our kids wouldn't have the right skill, background, or even parent support to do that. So teachers taught the regular school day online in front of a camera. There was a lot of resistance to that, but that allowed teacher students to get what they needed yeah. imperfect um during the pandemic. And 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 I'm just gonna repeat, we created a new baseline after the pandemic with our performance. And I said, I don't care where we were before the pandemic, this is the new reality from the impact of the pandemic. We have to improve the next year. And this is the year we're talking about related to the data. Right. I think a lot of districts stayed in a place of talking about the woes of the pandemic mm-hmm. rather than moving forward and mm-hmm. focusing on what kids needed. Doctor- I,
2: I've got a g- real quick <laughs> question here. I want to remind parents that you can find all this data at educationrecoveryscorecard.org. Educationrecoveryscorecard.org. And if you're in a suburban district, all the suburban district's numbers are on here too. And many of them are being outperformed by Detroit Public Schools Community District. I wanted to ask a quick question yeah. about the crumbly verdict. We've been talking a lot about it this morning. I figured Um, We we have a a situation where one of the takeaways from this is when you see a problem, you've got to seek counseling or seek help for a troubled teen. You know, how do you handle this in your district in terms of threat assessment? And also, are the inpatient or even outpatient counseling services there if you need to reach out?
1: Uh, They are. So going back to the one of the few benefits of, of the pandemic was COVID funding. COVID funding during the pandemic was used to expand mental health support throughout the district and at every one of our schools. And then state grants came forward after uh, COVID funding for us ran out to sustain the mental health support we're providing in all schools. So all DPSDD schools have contracted mental health services that uh, all of our kids take a survey. It's called the um, adverse um, at risk survey, which indicates uh, levels of trauma. That students uh, have experienced and then they're Are read- most districts doing this I don't know um, but but when they take the survey they're red flagged um, based on how they respond and then we we uh, refer them to mental health support during the school day um, and to your other question yes we do have a threat assessment process so if a, if a kid says even out of frustration I'm gonna shoot up to school or they write a note in an assignment you know I'm gonna kill and I'm talking realistically. Sure. This is what's yeah. happening. I'm going to kill my teacher. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot. Um, you know, classmates or a social media threat. Uh, one, we communicate to families transparently that that threat has been made. Whatever it is, uh, that that child is not able to come back to school until we do a threat assessment. Mm-hmm. So we determine what his previous behavior look like. Other threats, other behavior. And, you know, depending on the extent of the threat, our police go to the child's house to determine if a gun is available um, and talks directly to the parents um, about the incident. So we were starting to build that before this, um, before the Oxford tragedy. uh, But we accelerated and we implemented across the district with consistency. Um, Unfortunately, it's a new reality um, and districts have to be prepared and we have to hold children and parents accountable. But that's an impressive answer it is
0: dr Nikolai vidi we are so happy to have you down here and we are so happy with what you guys are doing over at dpscd and working closely with the school board as well you guys are doing a wonderful job keep up the great work
1: well thank you uh we're not there yet like i said we're we're now a winning team uh we made the playoffs but there's still work to be done and uh <laughs> we're gonna be the we're gonna be the the most improved uh large urban school district and. If the, if the time allows, we're going to be the highest performing large urban school district in the country. You
2: sound like the Lions. Dr. Beattie, thanks so much. We thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow at 6. Take care. All talk is next.